0: Monapsis and U.S. cert warn that some old SAP vulnerabilities are back to bite you. Pawnstorm is also back, and it's interested in Germany's CDU. As stolen data drops in black market value, criminals turn to business disruption. We hear advice on what you should do with dodgy-looking email, and we have a talk with IBM as it sends Watson off to college. They sure grow up fast, don't they? I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, May 12, 2016. U.S. CERT warned yesterday that enterprises may have exposed themselves to attack by the way they've configured their SAP business applications. Onapsis, which did the research that led to the warning, found that at least 36 enterprises are vulnerable to exploitation of a bug discovered and patched back in 2010. But it was up to organizations to enable the security upgrade in their SAP implementation. U.S. CERT says the problem arises from abuse of the invoker servlet, a built-in functionality in SAP NetWeaver application server Java systems. Out-of-date or misconfigured SAP instances should be checked and fixed. Onapsis had noticed common similarities in its scans of customer systems, and further investigation revealed that old indicators of compromise, quote, had been quietly sitting in the public domain for several years at a digital forum registered in China, end quote. The company explicitly says it has no reason to conclude that there's a state-sponsored or otherwise organized campaign to exploit the vulnerabilities, but it does call what it's found so far the tip of the iceberg. So SAP users should look to their systems as we stand by for more of that iceberg. Pawnstorm is back, out and about, and as vigorous as ever. It's probing critics of the Russian government. According to Trend Micro, Pawnstorm's current interest is Germany's Christian Democratic Union, the political party of Chancellor Merkel. Proof points as Lockheed Ransomware is evolving, not only is it being widely distributed by DryDEX, but researchers are observing some new behavior, including increasingly convoluted JavaScript obfuscation, additional junk files to help evade detection, mangled content type headers to help evade detection, and the use of RAR instead of zip compression of JavaScript. These collectively make Locky harder to detect. The ransomware is also now using an intermediate loader named RockLoader, which waits until it replaces itself with Locky proper. IBM has published a look at DogSpectus, the Android ransomware discovered and described by Bluecoat. DogSpectus represents a disturbing new approach to ransomware coding in that it requires minimal user interaction to achieve infection. It downloads automatically when a user visits a malicious website. Researchers have found that devices running Android versions 4.0.3 through 4.4.4 can be infected. It's worth noting, however, what IBM calls good news. Dog Spectus doesn't encrypt data, it merely locks the victim device. Thus, it may be possible to access and copy data saved in both internal memory and attached storage and then remove the infection with a factory reset. Dog spectus aside, email remains a common malware infection vector. We spoke with Johns Hopkins University's Joe Kerrigan about what to do when you get a suspicious email. We'll hear from him after the break. Business disruption has clearly become a major cybercriminal profit center. Specialized hackers, stressors as they're sometimes called, offer booter services that function effectively as DDoS as a service. And there's a market for their services too. They're said to easily pull in 300 to $500 a day. Many of them tell themselves, and presumably others, that they're really pen testers, not really hoods, and so on. But few observers are willing to take them at their self-estimation. We note that Lizard Squad was an early entrant into this criminal market. The other prominent form of business disruption is, of course, ransomware. Palo Alto Networks describes how cyber extortion, while requiring some technical sophistication, can be both a relatively low-cost and highly targeted form of crime. Market forces are playing a role in this criminal cultural shift. As stolen data becomes increasingly commodified, activity shifts from earlier capers like carding to higher payoff exploits involving extortion. These days, when we mention artificial intelligence, you might think of Siri on your iPhone or Cortana on Android. Having our spoken questions answered by computers is fairly routine these days, but just a few years ago, back in 2013, the notion that a computer could compete and win against top human players on the TV game show Jeopardy! was mind-blowing. That machine was IBM's Watson.
1: Watson. Who is Franz Liszt? You are right. What is violin? Good. Who is the church lady? Yes. (laughs) Watson. What is narcolepsy? You are right. And with that, you move to $36,681.
0: Caleb Barlow is vice president for security with
1: IBM. Since winning the Jeopardy competition, uh, Watson, we've been looking at cognitive computing in a variety of ways. Everything from what recipe might you make based on the ingredients in your fridge to, you know, harder world-changing challenges like trying to solve cancer.
0: The advantage of a system like Watson, according to IBM, is its ability to interpret data that's traditionally been hard for computers to handle.
1: Most of the data that we apply today in the world of cybersecurity is in the form of structured data, things that are machine-readable. But about 80% of the data that we really want to get access to is in an unstructured form. It's blogs, wikis, videos, uh, the latest research report, or the transcript from the latest seminar on security.
0: Watson may be an ace when it comes to answering questions on Jeopardy, but when it comes to cybersecurity, it's still got a lot to learn.
1: Much like human learning, it has to learn the language of security. It needs to learn what's an attack, what's a target, what's a victim, what is malware, what is ransomware. I was talking with one of our engineers, and Plesson thought ransomware was a city. And why, I'm not really completely sure. I'm sure there must be a city somewhere called Ransom. So obviously, it's a little bit humorous, uh, but also, much like human learning, it learns by making mistakes. So we had to go back and say, no, Watson, this is, in fact, not a location. It is actually an attack methodology. And you know, it's that type of grading process, along with the annotation, that helps the system actually learn.
0: IBM is partnering with colleges and universities to get Watson up to speed. Ultimately, they hope it helps provide enhanced protection against cyber threats.
1: Your average enterprise receives over 200,000 security events every single day. Now, most of those are false positives. We're looking for that needle in the stack of needles. And it becomes very difficult for human beings to find that on their own. They need some help. And that's what Watson can do. He can help to weed out those false positives, but also identify that needle, if you will, not in a haystack, but in a stack of needles.
0: That's Caleb Barlow from IBM. By the way, I always had a soft spot for Hal from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Hal, care to say a few words? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. And yet, you just did. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me once again is Joe Kerrigan from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. Joe, you recently had a, uh, an email that came with uh, some links that you thought were suspicious. Why don't you tell us that story?
2: That's right. I got an email. The first thing that tipped me off was the grammar in the email wasn't well done. And then there was a link to a domain I had never seen. But it talked about tolls. And I had just incurred a, a, a massive amount of tolls going up to New York and coming back uh, about a week ago. These are traffic tolls. Traffic tolls, yep. right, like the Easy Pass system. Yep. But actually, it was referencing a trip back in February that I took, but I wasn't entirely sure. This was a legitimate email. So I have on my machine something called VMware Workstation which allows me to fire up virtual machines, and I've talked about virtual machines uh, here before. They're essentially machines that run as virtualized machines, and they only exist in software on on your host machine, which would be your hardware that you have.
0: So it's kind of a self-contained way of an isolated machine that's only running in software on your machine.
2: Well, it's only running in software on your machine, but it's not truly isolated. It has some, you know, it has some interfaces to the outside world, but if I change something on on a virtual hard drive, I don't change something on my real actual physical hard drive. I see. VirtualBox, which is a free product and VMware workstation that I use both have the capability to take these things called snapshots, which is a state of the machine as it is right now. So I go ahead and I take a snapshot. Now, if I'm going to execute a a link that's malicious, I can just go back to that snapshot and it's like I never executed the link. Uh, And I pasted the link into a browser in my virtual machine and executed the link and it turned out actually to be some tolls from a trip i took in february and they're just now sending me the email that has the invoice for them
0: so it was a legitimate link it was but better safe than sorry exactly all right virtual machines can be your friend joe kerrigan thanks for joining us my pleasure struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity don't worry you're not alone And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.
2: Hey, all, Rick here. At N2K Cyberwire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network.